Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Vox Tablet. I'm Sarah Ivry, your host. Today, Iraq and roll. Tassa is a towering figure in the Israeli rock scene. He released his first album when he was just 13 years old, and he's worked with international stars like Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. Since he was a kid, Tassa has had a vague idea that his late grandfather, named Daoud al-Kuwaiti, was an important musician in his native Iraq. But it was only recently that Dudu came to understand just how important his grandfather was. In fact, Daoud al-Kuwaiti and Daoud's brother are considered by some people to be the founders of modern Iraqi music. Their legacy was on the cusp of oblivion when Tassa dug up old recordings of their music and set them to a modern groove. The result is the album called Dudu Tassa and the Kuwaitis. Now, Dudu Tassa has brought his music to the United States. He performs this week in New York City, and he'll be in Austin this weekend at South by Southwest. Reporter Daniel Estrin met up with Dudu Tassa last week in Tel Aviv to hear how he made his grandfather's music his own. Imagine it happening to you. All of a sudden, you discover your grandfather was Leonard Bernstein, or Louis Armstrong. That's what it was like for Dudu Tassa when he finally understood who his grandfather really was. I always heard that they were big in Baghdad, but I didn't know how much, and I didn't really care. It always seemed more like a legend. Dudu Tassa is focused on the here and now. He's a typical Tel Avivi, chic but casual, wears skinny jeans and sneakers, has some well-worn couches, a few dishes in the sink, a dog named Ella. Growing up, Baghdad was worlds away. He was into jazz. West Montgomery, Joe Pass, Charlie Christian, uh, Coltrane. And rock. That's Eric Clapton. But what he was not into was Iraq. Then, a few years ago, a relative emailed him a clip from Iraqi TV in 2003. It was a segment on Iraqi music. Here's an excerpt which aired in an Israeli documentary about Dudu with a somewhat melodramatic soundtrack. A panelist is talking about the great composers Daoud and Salah al-Kuwaiti, Dudu's grandfather and great-uncle. And the panelist says Salah especially was the greatest composer that Iraq had birthed in the modern era. Suddenly I said, wow, like, this must have been something really big. So Dudu started talking to his mom, to other Iraqi Jews in Israel. He started digging through a bag of old cassette tapes his mom had at home. And he found this. It's his grandfather singing with his great uncle, one of his first recordings. He was around 13 the same age that Dudu himself recorded his first album. Dudu never met his grandfather. He died just a few months before Dudu was born. But listening to these old recordings, he began to discover the grandfather he never knew. Daoud and Salah al-Kuwaiti were stars. In the 1930s, they collaborated with Muhammad Abdul Wahab and Umm Kulthum, 
hands down the two biggest legends of Arabic music of all time. They sang for the Iraqi king, they helped found Iraq's national radio station, they performed throughout the Arab world. But the situation for Jews in Iraq was getting bad. Authorities were firing Jews from government posts, forbidding Jewish schools from teaching Hebrew. In the early 50s, Daoud and his brother left everything behind and moved to the new state of Israel. In Israel, they hosted a weekly show in Arabic on Israeli radio. And they continued to compose and record music. But it wasn't the same. Arabic music was unfashionable in the new state of Israel. They didn't get the same recognition they had before. And the Iraqi national radio they helped found would broadcast the new music they composed in Israel, but radio announcers would say the songs were written by other musicians. Dudu's grandfather died a sad man. Dudu says when he was a kid, his mom would sing her father's songs and play old recordings. When she'd clean the house, she'd put on Arabic music and sing. She would put on the music and would cry the whole time she'd listen to it. Dudu says she cried for her father's legacy, nearly forgotten in Israel and in Iraq. Dudu had recorded seven albums of his own before he decided to tackle his grandfather's music. He went through hundreds of recordings, his mom's old tapes, recordings in Israeli state radio archives. It was hard for him to connect to a lot of the songs, with their half-tones and non-Western harmonies and rhythms. But sometimes he'd stumble upon recordings like this one. I heard it and said, what is this? This is rock and roll. This can't be Arabic. It's really rock. I could hear the drums and I could hear the bass coming in and playing. I took it to a different place. The melody and the text are the same, but it's more accessible. A lot has changed in terms of people's ability to listen and to connect to something. Dudu brought in a drummer and a bassist, and he grabbed his electric guitar, and they recorded right on top of the old recording. Here's another old recording of his grandfather. When Dudu first heard this, he says he immediately reached for his guitar. There is no harmony in uh, this uh, song, so I take it and I do. That, he says, is more Western than... Dudu Tasa put out the album in 2011. He called it Dudu Tasa and the Kuwaitis. It includes collaborations with two of Israel's biggest musicians, Barry Sakharov and Yudit Ravitz.
He did the album as an experimental project. He didn't expect people to pay any attention. But he says for a month and a half, one of the songs played daily on Israel's top pop station, Army Radio no less. It's rare for the station to play a song in Arabic. It took another couple of years before he gave his first concert in Israel dedicated to the album. That concert was last week. Dudu played to a full house in Tel Aviv with strobe lights and blasting speakers and that one requisite long-haired musician covered in tattoos. In the audience, there were hipsters with big bushy hair and elderly Israelis with hardly any hair. One Baghdad-born grandfather was there with his children and some 10 grandchildren. Israelis, particularly the younger generations, haven't typically embraced Arabic music. That's starting to change, as one Israeli at the concert said. Sipi's family is Persian. I, I, I couldn't hear Arab music when I was younger, when my parents, uh, you know, heard it. We all, always uh, switched to another station or another something. I don't know. Now I'm more appreciating. Dudu doesn't know Arabic. He only learned the words to the songs for the album. When I asked him if he has fans in Iraq or around the Arab world, he said he has no idea. Some people have written comments in Arabic on my songs on YouTube, but I don't know how to read them. I don't know what they say. Actually, it's pretty easy to find out what some of them say. Google Translate. The comments are positive. A born artist, one commenter wrote. Is this sold in Kuwait? Another asked about the album. Dudu says he's not planning on putting out more albums in Arabic. He's already recorded two more albums in Hebrew. But there's something from the experience of doing covers of his grandfather's music that sticks with him. I think only in recent years, really, in terms of my identity as an artist, I'm in the most real place. All of my worlds came together. At first, I rebelled a bit. Today, when I do music, I do that fusion of who I am, all those years, my childhood, today. In a way, Dudu could only reclaim his grandfather's legacy to a certain degree. He never got to meet his grandfather, and there is a wall between him and the world his family came from, a wall that was made when his grandfather left Iraq for Israel. But at least on this album, he almost gets to sing with him. For Vox Tablet, I'm Daniel Estrin. Daniel Estrin is a frequent contributor to Tablet Magazine. He's based in Jerusalem. Daniel tells us that that last song, Wenya Galub, was the one that was in heavy circulation on Israeli radio when it came out. Dudu Tassa performs on Wednesday at the Museum of Jewish Heritage in New York City, and this coming weekend he'll be in Austin at South by Southwest. You can find out more about both shows on our website, tabletmag.com. 
Unlike a lot of other podcast makers out there, we're not going to ask you for money to support stories like the one about Dudutasa. What we are going to ask, though, is if you're a fan of Vox Tablet, would you please go to iTunes and write a review of Vox Tablet? It can only help us get more fans and more listeners to what we hope you agree is great content. Vox Tablet is produced by Julie Subrin. I'm Sarah Avery, your host. As ever, we thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time.